Hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of InfoBlips. My name is John Haynes, and I am the host of this podcast. Today's date is September 26, 2020. Thank you very much for choosing InfoBlips to receive your information. If you'd like to contact me, please do so at InfoBlips, the at sign, activist.com. That's InfoBlips, the at sign, activist.com. If you're listening to this podcast on Anchor FM, uh, would you please leave me a message? Just scroll down to where it says message, click the message sign, give Anchor FM the ability to use your microphone, and you can leave a voicemail. Um, I would really appreciate it, and if you desire, I will play your voicemail on my next podcast. If you would like to advertise on or sponsor an episode of InfoBlips, please contact me at InfoBlipsTheAdSignActivist.com. It is very important to share this podcast with as many people as you can. (laughs) It would help me out a lot. I would really appreciate um, the information being disseminated to people so they can receive verifiable factual information. Okay, so let's get to it. We have so much going on. I am going to talk about, of course, we're going to discuss Breonna Taylor. I'm also gonna get into Post Office Gate and why it's extremely important for you to vote early as possible. And something my daughter recommended was to take your ballot to the post office and put it in the slot that's inside the post office. Of course, that would be if you're voting by mail. If you're not voting by mail, please vote as early as possible. It would be better for people because it's not gonna be as crowded and you'll be able to socially distance yourselves. Make sure you take all precaution and also bring wipes so you can wipe down that machine before you touch it. Another interesting point we're gonna talk about, federal judge removing the acting Bureau of Land Management Director after finding he has served unlawfully for 424 days. And this is very important. We're gonna talk about why that's important. Okay, so enough prelims, let's get down to business. The first topic is uh, the decision on the death of Breonna Taylor. A grand jury indicted a former Louisville police officer on Wednesday for wanton endangerment for his actions during the raid. No charges were announced against the other two officers who fired shots and no one was charged for causing Ms. Taylor's death. So in case you're not familiar with this particular case, I am going to read what we have from the New York Times of what occurred that night in Louisville, Kentucky. So according to the New York Times, the story goes like this. The police had been investigating two men who who they believed were selling drugs out of a house that was far from Ms. Taylor's home but the judge had also signed a warrant allowing the police to search Ms. Taylor's residence because the police said that they believed that one of the men had used the apartment to receive packages. Now, Ms. Taylor had been dating a guy, a man on and off for several years who had been involved in some type of drug trade, but she had recently severed her relationship with this guy. Okay, so I'm gonna set the scene. I think it's really important to understand the scene. Okay, so shortly after midnight on March the 13th, police, Louisville police officers executed a search warrant using a battering ram to enter the apartment of Ms. Taylor, a 26-year-old emergency room technician. 
police were executing a no-knock warrant. However, police are saying they made notification before they used a battering ram to knock the door off the hinges. Ms. Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, fired one shot from his legally owned weapon to protect himself and his girlfriend. The shot hit a sergeant in the thigh. The police officers began firing wildly into the apartment, hitting Ms. Taylor, and it is reported that one round entered through her foot, which would indicate that she was laying down. One of the three officers on the scene, Detective Brett Hankerson, who has since been fired, uh, shot 10 rounds blindly into the apartment. So Mr. Walker, Ms. Taylor's boyfriend, told investigators that Ms. Taylor coughed and struggled to breathe at least five minutes after she was shot. And according to the Louisville Courier Journal, an ambulance, which was on standby outside the apartment, has been told to leave about an hour before they raided the apartment. That is counter to standard procedures of Louisville Police Department. Ms. Taylor was not given any type of medical assistance. No one attempted to revive her or came in to attend to her. It was not until 1247, about five minutes after the shooting, that emergency personnel realized that she was seriously wounded after her boyfriend called 911 and said that someone broke into the apartment and shot his girlfriend. So according to the New York Times, Ms. Taylor received no medical attention for about 20 minutes after she was shot. And this is very interesting. Uh, while the department re had received approval for a no-knock warrant entry, the orders were changed prior to the raid, which means that the officers would have to announce themselves which they said that they did. Now, it's also important to note that no drugs were found in the apartment of Ms. Taylor. So, Jamarcus Glover, uh, Ms. Taylor's ex-boyfriend, who allegedly packages led the police to Ms. Walker's door, was arrested on August the 27th in possession of drugs, according to the charging documents. Uh, he told the uh, Courier-Journal, Mr. Um, Glover did, that Ms. Taylor had no involvement in the drug trade and she had no knowledge of any type of operation. And, and let's make this clear just so there's no mistake. Uh, Ms. Taylor was a frontline worker. She had worked back-to-back -back shifts at hospitals uh, helping people with COVID-19. Because what normally happens is the police department normally attempts to discredit the person's character and make themselves seem justified. Okay, so that is the information that we have, uh, we know about this case right now. Um, this is commentary. Something's wrong here. There is something that they're not telling us or this most blatant cover-up I've ever seen in my entire life. First off, in order to get a no-knock warrant, you have to go through all you're supposed to go through a lot of bells and whistles. Secondly, for them to call and say the no-knock warrant is not enforceable, that they have to announce themselves, that means that something went wrong somewhere. Next, why did they send away the ambulance? According to the police officers, they believed they were going into a very dangerous situation. So why did they send away the ambulance? Now, police are attempting to blame Mr. Walker, the boyfriend, for firing a shot. Okay, so 
why do you have a weapon, a legally owned weapon in your home to protect against intruders? Who did he think was at his front door? An intruder. So he attempted to stop the intruder. He shot the officer in the leg. That is why people have a second amendment right. That is why people have weapons in their home. And I have to comment on Shaq and Barkley. You know, Shaq's a businessman, so he has business interests to protect, and so is Barkley. So their opinion to me is insignificant. The fact that this young woman and her boyfriend were asleep in their homes and the police broke in the door and shot into the apartment, killing this woman, and then not attending to her for over 20 minutes? There's something wrong here. There's something that we don't know about. Or, again, this was the biggest cover-up in history, or it was a hit. I don't know. And to throw more mud in the water, the police report was filed late, and it said that Miss Taylor had no injuries. None at all. So, okay, I have to be open here. When I read that Brianna Taylor's family was going to get $12 million, I said to myself, that means that they're going to let these guys off. They're going to pay them and say, hey, shut up and go away. And it is up to them to keep the pressure on. That is unless they signed an agreement. Now, that's really important. Uh, if they sign some type of agreement, which I don't think they should have. I think they have a good attorney. Um, then they should keep up the pressure. The two officers should be indicted, period. There are calls for the information that the grand jury received to become public. I agree. We really need to know what district attorney Daniel Cameron shared or what information was shared with the grand jury because the grand jury can only judge or actual give an opinion on what they are receiving the information they are receiving. Now, Daniel Cameron, uh, as the first Republican attorney general in Kentucky in more than 70 years, and the first black attorney general in the state's history, is a rising star in the GOP. Now, I've been reading on Facebook that Cameron is married to Mitch McConnell's granddaughter. That is false. He is not married to Mitch McConnell's granddaughter. According to Snopes, that's false. However, Mitch McConnell was at his wedding and is mentioned as his mentor. So look, am I angry about this? Yes. Am I concerned about this? Yes. However, I'm more concerned with the protests this weekend. Um, I really, really encourage people to be very, very, very vigilant because white supremacists has infiltrated the BLM group and they are going to cause problems. This is something that the FBI, this is something that uh, the intelligence agencies have been saying and warning. And I have also called out and tried to contact the people at, at the Black Lives Matter. Um, again, I am down with the slogan Black Lives Matter because they do but I do not agree with their organization. Anyway, um, if people are attempting to act violently or destroy things, point them out to the police department, take pictures of them with your camera, because they're going to try to make this a very violent scene. And also the Boogaloo Boys are gonna be out doing their protests at the same time. Now these guys are a known a known terrorist group or a known white supremacist group 
And obviously they gave them a permit to go ahead and do their thing. But just so you understand that any type of violence is going to play right into the hands of Donald Trump and it will wind up really costing us the election because he's going to ride in with the law and order and I'm going to save you guys and these white people are going to be scared. So we have to be very careful with how this is being handled. So this Breonna Taylor case is not over and I'm really sure we'll be talking about that soon, very, very soon. So let's move on to our next topic, Post Office Gate. So if you're not familiar with the case, Donald Trump appointed this person, DeJoy, um, to Postmaster General. The guy has no experience at all uh, with any type of post office work. He has no experience at all in any type of government work, but he was put in charge of the post office. Now, that's serious because, hey, that's a fundamental part of American society, but it's also a part of mail-in voting. And that's why he was put there, and this is why this is important. So in testimony in front of Congress, DeJoy admitted that he did not know how much it cost to mail a postcard, he did not know how much it cost to mail a letter, and he does not know how many people per million voted by mail last uh, cycle. However, not knowing all those things, he had several mail sorting machines removed from several key locations and started collecting mail drop-off boxes. Complaints began to come in that the mail was very slow and that some people weren't getting their medicines on time and fruit was rotting because they just weren't being sorted and delivered. Mr. DeJoy also fired all of the managers, leaving him a direct line to operations. So Congress investigating this asked him uh, whether he knew how much it cost to mail that or no, he didn't know. Now, my thing is, is this, okay? How can this guy be running? He can be postmaster general of, it just doesn't make sense. It does not make sense other than the fact that he was sent there to slow down the mail so that Donald Trump can say, the mail is not, is not coming in quick enough or something's wrong or that there's some kind of conspiracy and, and that kind of thing. Again, Trump and his associates are hitting us on all fronts. And I say us because I'm talking about us, we the people, us. We the people, us. Yes, Donald Trump has followers, but they are not as large as we the people. Yet I digress. Mr. DeJoy said in front of Congress that he could not replace the machines that he took out of those um, stations because they were, were disassembled and their parts used in other places on other machines. That's kind of hard for me to conceive uh, as a manager, I can tell you that you wouldn't use parts from another machine on an operating machine unless it's temporary because you do not know the stress level of the part that you replaced. It is best to replace it with new parts because new parts have warranties and they don't unexpectedly break. However, Mr. DeJoy said that he can't put them back together because they were taken apart and scavenged for parts of other, for other machines. This is commentary. Mr. DeJoy should be removed from office effective immediately. This guy does not know what the hell he's doing and he is in charge of one of the most important functions in American life. I implore Congress to please remove this guy 
I mean, after the hearings, just say, hey, you know what? You're removed. I don't know what the process is. I sincerely hope that there's a process that's being handled to remove uh, Mr. DeJoy from Postmaster General. He obviously does not know what he's doing. He is over his head, and it is extremely important that we remove him. So let's move on to our last topic. A federal judge found it necessary to remove Trump appointee as director of the United States of Land Management Acting Director, and his name is uh, William Perry Pedley. Now, Mr. Pedley has served as the director of the United States Bureau of Land Management for over 427 days and has yet to be confirmed by the Senate. See, what happened was Montana's Democratic governor had sued to remove Pedley, saying that the former, get this, oil industry attorney and oil lobbyist was illegally overseeing an agency that manages almost a quarter billion, with a B, acres of land, primary in the United States West. Basically, what's happening is they're trying to open that land up for um, for development, not development, but oil development and search for oil. And Montana Democrats are on top of this, and that's a great job. Uh, now we just have to reverse anything that he has done within those 400 days, and then look for someone else. This is what happens when you have an incompetent person running your country. That's only a couple. That's, you know what? That's one of the offices leadership offices or leadership roles that Donald Trump hasn't even filled, that he's trying to fill by temporary appointment of people who are not even qualified to be there. And of course, that was uh, commentary. <laughs> well, that's it. That's all I have for today. Hey, stay tuned and you guys don't miss my next podcast. It is one that I've been researching for about three weeks now. It's black on black crime, where that term came from and why it's being used against black people from receiving justice in this society. And we're gonna discuss some more about eugenics and how it has infiltrated every part of our lives, every part of our government, every part of our ruling bodies, every part of our policy and procedures in the United States, which is the, and explains systematic racism. Hey, shout out to my cousin who is recovering from COVID-19. I'm so glad you're doing better, brother. And before I leave, COVID-19 is no joke. And it appears that we are not through with the hardships. It's getting worse. You guys, please wear your mask, wash your hands, be safe, be careful. All right, that's it, that's all. Y'all go out and make it a great life.